0: what's up everyone it's the love the jam the podcast i'm shapan with you as always with rob how you doing rob
1: i'm doing pretty well you know i'm tired it's it's late on the east coast uh and that clippers jazz game was certainly not the most exciting not. but the the clippers came out with a win so i guess it's a it's a good way to end the weekend
0: yeah, both teams shot under 40%, and uh, it looked like a very – it was like a very kind of 90s type of game, 105-94. Uh, I mean, really, I don't feel like anybody particularly played well except for except for the centers, and they both played very well. Uh, Montrez Harrell and Ivica Zubat. I mean, Kawhi Leonard obviously has his moments, and just having Kawhi Leonard is a massive luxury, and we'll go into great detail about him because that Spurs game – was awesome. Um, But what were your first thoughts on this game? It just ended like five minutes ago for us. What are your thoughts on that game, Rob? You know, I
1: didn't really think the Clippers would win it. Yeah, Um, me neither. You know, they looked – the Jazz just looked better for a lot of the game. I mean, the Clippers certainly could not hit shots to save their life. But the Jazz, I thought, just seemed like the better-rounded team. They were getting slightly easier shots on the whole – um, they just looked a little put together. I mean, certainly not dominant, um, but they looked like the better team through the first three quarters, and then the Clippers turned things around on the fourth, largely thanks to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a rough, rough game. I mean, the Clippers. It's one of the questions we're going to get a lot. Of, we're going to get a lot on Twitter, and we can talk about this now, I guess. But you know, how long? is it until we start getting worried about the Clippers shooting because guys like Landry Shamit, um, Pat Beverly, those two in particular, to a lesser extent, you know, Patrick Patterson, I think, you know, maybe even throwing like Mo Harkless and Rodney McGruder in there, just not hitting shots. Really it's Shamit and Beverly though. And those yeah. guys not hitting threes has really held back the offense of the first unit as well as hybrid bench lineups. And, um, you know, it's made offense, even though the Clippers have the second best offense in the NBA, it's made them extremely reliant on Lou Williams and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. And those guys have been up to the challenge, but it's not necessarily what we thought the Clippers offense would be coming into the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, the good thing about Shamet, and Shamet missed so many looks today, so many good looks. Shamit's going to shoot. That's the good thing about Sham. And he'll miss some shots, and I'm assuming he'll get it going. I know he has that wrist injury, and there's some concern there. It's not his shooting hand, but, you know, it doesn't make things easier when you hit, when you place the ball in one hand, and it could be affecting his shot a little bit. He, he was shooting today. The thing about Bev, and you've mentioned this before, too, is he's not taking some shots. He's not taking some layups. There, there were some times today where he had drives to the hoop and was completely open. And yeah. it would kick out. And yeah. I'm like, Pat, just shoot. I don't know if something's in his head right now about not shooting or passing the ball around, but he's he needs to take these shots. And I'm sure Doc and Kawhi and everybody is, are telling him to take them. He's just not taking them. And he just needs to take these shots. Even if you miss them, if you have great looks and you pass it off, you're not going to get a better shot, right. a better percentage. And yeah. he needs to just kind of get that get that in his head. I, I think, think he they- will.
1: I think the layups today was probably a function mostly of Gobert.
0: Sure, uh, sure. And the
1: Jazz's size in general. True. But, um, yeah, the three-point – I mean, he did take five today, and he missed all of them, but he did – he still passed up a couple. And, yeah, I mean, that just can't happen. You know, it's tough when you're missing and you're that cold as he's been to start the season. But he was cold to start last season too, and he still turned it around. I'm not all that worried about him. I'm definitely still not worried about Shamit. I understand he is – you know, a slightly injured wrist. That could be part of it, but yeah, he's still shooting. He still looks confident. His form is still absolutely perfect. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm really not worried about Shamit shooting. I mean, those shots will come around. A lot of them were right online today. They just went in and out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's made it tough because when the Clippers are hitting threes, that really opens up everything else, opens the paint up for Trez and Zoo. it, you know, forces teams to not be able to double or send, you know, at least soft traps and double teams at Kawhi. Yep. It's just, it's made things really congested the past few games, but I'm not, you know, too, too worried about that yet. You know, I think if it's a month from now, a month and a half from now, and Beverly and Shamit still can't shoot, you know, there might be some issues, but Paul George coming back will also help. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, what else do you think? This is a very interesting game in that I thought a lot of Clippers, I think, really played pretty well, um, or at least made their impact felt. I thought Zubats had a really good game when he got minutes. I thought Mo Harkless and Rodney Mugler played well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamichael Green has been fantastic all year.
0: Green with another great game against the Jazz. Yeah, I yeah. mentioned earlier that the team didn't particularly play great uh, aside from the centers, but really we had a lot of good performances from our role players between Green, Magruder, Harkless. Um, and, you know, Beverly still did little things. And Sham, I'm glad he was shooting and he still made some shots. And I'm not I'm still not that worried about him. Um, but, yeah, it was – the thing I've noticed these last two games is man, without Paul George, if Lou Williams isn't going, these are some ugly games. <laughs> it's just a lot of Kawhi yeah. watch just a lot of watching Kawhi who is incredible and that's it's still amazing and we're gonna talk about Kawhi in a second. But if Lou isn't going, it's just give it a Kawhi and get out of the way. And that usually will win you games, but it makes things real slog and um, it makes the Clippers predictable in a, in a sense, but people are still scrambling and there were a ton of awesome offensive boards. Tre, uh, Trez had six today and he was just felt like he was gobbling up everything that he could on the offensive glass, which is impressive against a team like the Jazz with their length, especially with Gobert down there. Um, but man, um, any, any concerns about Lou's last couple of games? I doubt it, right? <laughs> His free throw shooting too.
1: No, I, the free throw shooting is very weird. Um, But, I mean, he's so historically good at free throw shooting. It's just a blip on the radar. Yeah. Um, And the Jazz are a really tough team for him. And and the Spurs Mm -hmm. are, too, because they have big guards on the perimeter. They have lots of length to throw at him. And that's what he struggles with the most. So, I'm really not worried about Lou at all. I mean, tonight, I thought, outside of a couple bad takes, I thought it wasn't one of the really bad Lou games where he's forcing up horrible shots and really – kind of dominating possession. I thought he was moving the ball pretty well, Yeah, Um, even though he only had three assists just because Clippers were just missing shots. Um, I thought most of his takes were pretty good. They just weren't going in. So I I thought he played on the whole pretty well, even though the numbers don't necessarily reflect that. Um, I'm not really particularly worried. Really, I'm not that worried about any layer on the Clippers. I think there are reasons to be worried about the overall um, Clippers, just in terms of how... Their offense and their defense haven't quite gelled. Even though, again, their offense has been really good by the metrics, I don't think it's looked very good. Um, mm-hmm. But plenty of teams have won with not, you know, with unattractive and ugly offenses over the years. Stuff doesn't need to be pretty to be effective. Um, but I think the defense tonight they showed how good defensively they could be. I think the Jazz yep. are a team that plays kind of into their strengths. On that end, but still, I mean, I thought they did a really good job on Gobert. Um, Outside of that fourth-quarter burst where Mitchell got going because he just kept bullying his way to the rim for free throws, Mm -hmm. I thought they did a pretty good job on him. Um, They did great on Conley. Boyan and and Ingles were relatively contained. So, you know, I think their defense has been spotty, but the pieces are there. Um, I think on defense, it's really just effort to some extent. Um, tonight, the effort was all the way there on defense. They were really scrambling. They were recovering. Spurs were moving to take away, um, You know, drives. They were still letting up a lot of open threes. The Jazz missed a ton of open threes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was much better tonight.
0: Yeah. They've been looking good those last couple of games. Mitchell is just such a physical guard. It's, such a, it's so hard to have a defender on him. It was nice to see Kawhi pick him up a little bit in that fourth quarter because Kawhi is just such a Swiss Army knife. And I know Kawhi – Kawhi just often has these flashes of defense where you're just like, my gosh, this guy is is so good. And he's not constantly on like he was maybe when he was a spur. But you can't, it's kind of hard to do it both sides all the time, uh, in that kind of situation. But his instincts are so good. He's had so many just strips this season and and breakaway dunks where you're just like, man, this guy like knows where the ball is going. He just he has great defensive instincts, and it's going to be so much fun to see him and George at the same time mm-hmm. locked in. Um, yeah, I mean, Trez was great today. Lou Lou did was decent considering his shot was off. We talked a little bit about the role players. I think I'm very happy that Mike Conley didn't go Mike Conley on the Clippers and did and yeah. did more of Mike Conley.
1: Yeah, I think Zubats has been, on the whole, pretty good. I caught some Duff. Tough- during the Suns game for saying that Baines and Kaminsky outplayed him. People thought he'd played well in in very limited minutes. I don't know about that, but I think on the whole, he's been quite good.
0: Um, Baines Baines is really good, by the way. People who don't think that uh, Aaron Baines is legit. Yeah, it
1: really had less to do with Zoobots and more to do with Baines, who's been fantastic this year, and probably the biggest single reason for the Suns being good. Right, Um, But – you know, I think his defense has been better. He's contesting a lot of shots at the rim. He's gotten tougher with bigger bodies like Gobert. I thought he bodied up Gobert very well today. Uh, and he's catching basketballs much better. He still has one or two drops every game where it's like, uh, you know, yeah. a typical zoo where he kind of lets a ball get through his fingers. Um, but on the whole, the touch has been better. He has flashed at least a little bit of that jumper. He hit that nice bank shot today. Mm, that was really nice. Tim Duncan shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really nice. Um, he sets good screens. I think on the whole, he's good. I mean, I don't think he's, he's great. But considering, you know, expectations and how he played last year, I think he's taken a step forward. Yep. You know, the Clippers have to be happy with his play, considering expectations and what they're paying him.
0: Yeah, and he's been really good the whole season. I think very, very serviceable as a starting center. I think Trez is Trez has been statistically quite good, but I think he's picking up his intensity a bit, especially these last few games. So that's really good to see good center play. Um, I think we should talk about Kawhi Leonard quite a bit. He these last couple of games and today he he was nine for twenty six. He wasn't particularly incredible, but he started slow, much like that Spurs game. But I really I really appreciated how good of a half-court player he is these last couple of games. That Spurs game, he was just a beast down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He was awesome. And today he hit some big shots, too, when we needed them. When Lou's not going, you know, it's really all – it's just a Kawhi show. And offensively, man, there's, like, no holes in his game. Like, he's just – it's he can obvious. do everything. He can pass really well. He yeah. can he gets wherever he wants. Nobody can guard him cuz he's either too fast or too big. Usually he's just too big and can push you around wherever he wants. And he can just get his shots like wherever he wants, whenever he wants. His three-point shots pretty good, like his mid-range is money. He's great around the rim. He's just a very, very good offensive player, but he's better than I thought. He, he even is. He, he was when he came. He's he's fantastic. And I'm not going to get into the beta if he's, he's the best player in the world, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Like, uh, LeBron is playing out of his mind right now. Davis is playing great, too. I don't need to turn this into that. But how impressed have you been by Kawhi Leonard? I've been very
1: impressed. I mean, I think the passing, I don't think anybody really could have no. predicted the passing. No. Um, you know, I think he definitely improved with the Raptors last year. And as people have mentioned, I mean, he did play on the Spurs forever and he played on the Spurs when they were doing their super ball friendly, you know, quick passing offense, you know, the glory years from 2013 to 2015. And that required quick decision-making and guys who could make plays. And he was a big part of those teams. So it's not like he was a non-passer playmaker, but he's never really led a team in ball handling and playmaking like that. And, he has this year and it's been fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, I just don't think anybody could have seen this passing coming from him. He's a good ball handler, but he's never really flashed that kind of vision or consistent playmaking, build, playmaking ability as for the rest of his offensive game. I mean, his ability just create his own shot from the mid range. It's not always the most efficient, um, but his ability to get to the line and to mm-hmm. hit threes makes up for it. Mm-hmm. So it's just really, he's a really, really, really tough to stop. And his offensive game, just like you mentioned, it just doesn't really have any holes. He's not the most explosive finisher on the rim. Um, you know, he does like drawing contact or settling for little, you know, turnaround jumpers rather than trying to go three guys at the rim. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a very minor drawback. Um He's fantastic. His defense when he locks in uh, like he did for a lot of today has been really, really good as well. Maybe not as good as it was, you know, four or five years ago, but still extremely good. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's looking like one of the best players in the NBA. Again, I don't know if you can say the best. Um, There are plenty of other people with that, you know, who could argue for that title. I think like you mentioned, LeBron, AD, Giannis. Okay. Um, all guys who've played incredibly well, but uh, he's certainly up there, and um, it's it's crazy to watch him in a Clippers uniform.
0: He's crazy good. Just that Spurs game, he was particularly good. That fourth quarter, he really turned it on, and the team needed him. And it's an insane luxury to have a guy that capable down the stretch. We haven't really had anybody quite like that, and you know we just got fresh off a of lob city and just Paul and Griffin are 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 just such different animals Griffin for one reason just he's got tight down the stretch and Paul Paul as good as he is, and he's cerebral very much in the way that Kawhi is. And in fact, offensively, when you think about it, he plays sometimes a little bit similar too, with his mid range dependence and being able to get to the spots, good three point shooter. But you put a long guy on Chris, it's he just makes life difficult on them just because of his size. No I can't think of anybody, you know, outside of maybe a totally locked in LeBron, maybe Giannis, maybe Giannis, and that's not hard to say because Giannis is so slight of build that can really slow down Kawhi just you're, you're afraid of, you know, and that's just, it's just something completely different. He is an extremely complete offensive player and he's even better than advertised. He's been so good. And it's just a joy to watch him play and it's going to be so much fun seeing how he plays with George and mm-hmm. he's, he's really good. He's just like a fantastic basketball yeah. player.
1: I mean, he's going to be all-star. He's going to be on NBA. He's probably going to be all defense. I I don't know if he'll quite deserve it, but he'll probably make he'll it. Probably
0: get it. Yeah. Um.
1: I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be upset at it. I mean, I think when he really locks in, he's still really good on that end. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, he's been he's been pretty engaged defensively. I don't think he's been in lockdown mode all year. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh. Yeah. He's he's fantastic. Um. The last guy I kind of want to talk about. Um. Before we kind of touch on maybe a few of the previous games and then. Take questions is Jamichael Green, who I think has been maybe like just in terms of overall play, like the Clippers' third or fourth best player to start the year. Um, He's been
0: great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not going to keep hitting threes at this rate. I mean, I think he's over 50% right now. Yeah. But he's rebounding. He's playing fantastic defense um, out on the perimeter and guarding bigger players. Uh, He's moving the ball well. Um, and he's a threat from three, like he's not going to hit at this rate, but he's clearly a very good three point shooter and Mm -hmm. takes them at a decently high volume. He took five and 24 minutes tonight
0: and a huge one too down the stretch. Yeah.
1: And he's just super valuable playing both big men positions and uh, he's just really good. He's been even better this year than he was down the stretch last year. He was really good down the stretch last year
0: man um, we traded Avery Bradley for this guy <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> and Garrett Temple who's also a very good player who yeah. we lost and and an incredible teammate there was a great article on him recently uh as far as his how good of a teammate he is and we everybody already knew that he's a great locker room guy Garrett Temple is but Jermichael Green yeah. has been has really been just bonkers he's been he's still been he still does a lot of the dirty work too his three-point shooting is super valuable but he's just a great compliment off the bench and I don't know if if Doc just loves his feel with uh with Trez and Lou and that's why he's he's not starting him that must be the reason and honestly if Pat Patterson plays like 10-15 minutes like that's okay I think Patterson's been good enough to be a rotation player uh, whether he merits starting is is another thing. But if you're starting and you're playing for 10, 15 minutes, especially if we have Paul George, I'm assuming. Do you think Pat Patterson will continue to start when uh, when George joins the lineup? It feels like it a little bit, right? I mean, I don't George, know. George, George won't start power forward. He's. I don't think they want to. No. I mean, no. I think
1: there's a chance Harkless might start. Sure. Instead of Patterson, I mean, if Patterson starts, Paul George still starts. Landry Shamit goes to the bench, and then you right. have Lou Shamit, Parkless, Green, Trez, which leaves Magruder out of the rotation. Right. And I just don't think Patterson should be in the rotation over Magruder. Sure, sure. If you're trying to think just in terms of rotations and fit, maybe, but Magruder's is just a much better player than Pat Patterson. Um, I, don't, I don't think Patterson will start um, when when George comes back, I I hope he doesn't really like. Again, like on the whole, I think he's been fine. Yeah. Um, you know, considering what the Clippers pay for him, he, that they got him at the end of the summer on a minimum deal. You know, off waivers, guy coming in with extremely low expectations after a really bad season in OKC. I think he's been fine. Um, and like you said, it's ten to fifteen minutes a game on you know, even as a token starter, he's fine. But when the Clippers bring Paul George back and they'll have, you know, a full 10 man rotation outside of him, I just don't think he should be in over any of the other guys. Um, but he's yeah. really held down the fort. I, I do think even tonight when he played like 12 minutes, I think even that was probably like a few too many. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. Cause he really was not doing very much. And like, Michael Green has been really good. Mo Harkless has been really good. But
0: yeah, and when there's not really a post presence, it's kind yeah. of tough to justify having him in there much. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I think he's done well for for what has probably been asked for him of him. He hasn't shot particularly well, I think, at all since the aside from the Warriors game.
1: No, yeah. he's not.
0: Which, uh, which is, is tough
1: because, I mean, that's really his major contribution outside of body and bigger players. Yeah. So, again, you know, we'll see about that. But uh, apparently Paul George's return is not that far off. He was playing three-on-three three yesterday. Five-on-five five still needs to happen. So, I mean, he's – I mean, I'd say at least a couple weeks maybe. Um, Exciting. Like maybe five <laughs> or six games. Sure. It's pretty crazy. But, uh, I mean, he's not – he can't be too far away if he's doing three-on-three. Three. Um, so – and as soon as he comes back, I think that'll be the last we see of significant amounts of Patrick Patterson. Yeah. We'll see, though. It's I'm possible curious, Doc sticks him.
0: Yeah, I'm very curious to see if, if Doc will stick to Pat Patterson. He said nothing but good things about Pat and – I'm curious. (laughs) It feels like there's always been one guy that Doc has, like, relented with, and we're just like, why, Doc? So I'm curious to see what's going to happen.
1: I think it just makes too much sense to move in Harkless and play Harkless, Kawhi, PG, which is just a nightmare defensively. Gosh, Um, And then you have Lou, Shamit, Magruder, which is kind of undersized for guards. Um, But, I mean, Shamit is not small, and Magruder plays bigger than his height. So mm-hmm. I think you could probably get away with that. Um, and then Green, Trez, you know, and if you need a move. But I mean, also the thing is Kawhi and PG are gonna be staggering a lot. So even if Magruder is the 10th man in that rotation, I don't know how many minutes he's really going to be getting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, the guy who might get squeezed at this point, as weird as this, is, as weird as this might be to say, is shame it. Um, even if I think his shot will eventually come around and has a lot of value – uh, you know if the clippers are trying to go for this defense first mentality and if he gets moved to the bench when uh Paul George comes back, you know I could see him getting you know under twenty minutes a game but. sure
0: I could see him like dipping in minutes, but he's definitely going to be a rotation guy oh yeah, yeah he, yeah, he just might lose some minutes i don't know I think shamet will i think Shamit will get out of this funk a bit we'll see um. It's shoot or shoot, and I think he's going to get out of this. All of his shots have looked online, and he had—I mean, there was that. I think the Clippers were up thirty-six twenty-four, and Shamet must have had like four or five looks to close the first half. Or it's just like, dang! And he even had this one little turnaround where he had a layup at the rim, and then he turned around mm-hmm. and had like a four-footer. It's just—I—I'm I, just waiting for him to explode. So. His shooting is so invaluable and he's actually held himself pretty decently defensively. You know, whenever he was he was on uh Conley a lot of the game, and of course when he was on Mitchell, he would get bullied, but anybody will if you're that slight of build against Mitchell. He's done a he's did a good job kind of just kind of like establishing a niche on smaller players that move around a lot. As long as they're not bigger than Sham, I feel like he's done a pretty good job. And that's that's an that's a big Development compared to last year, where I felt like he was such a massive liability defensively. So, yeah, I'm just waiting for his shot to come around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried again about Shaman. I just think if he's moved to the bench, I could sure. see his minutes dipping, sure. even if he's still playing consistently and playing well. Uh, I think his minutes just will naturally go down a little bit.
0: So, um, I mean, I think, I think he is the natural person they get. Bench, right? If we're thinking, yes, Beverly, George, Kawhi, Harkless, and Zoo, tentatively, yeah, ideally,
1: yeah, I, I think that's the right move. I think Green does fit in so well with Lou and Trez. Um, and I just think Harkless, PG, Kawhi is such a terrifying unit to have to start games, yeah. Um, I mean, that team that that unit could go up, you know. 16 to four through the first six minutes on a semi-regular basis, I think. Yeah.
0: Harkless looks very good this year. He continues to look very he good. Yeah. He just He's just a very, very useful player. Um, and he yeah. would be great. I mean, yeah. I think the weird thing is kind of like today was almost a
1: microcosm of it where I think individually, I think most of the Clippers really outside of Shamit and maybe Beverly, both offensively have played well this year. Um, It's just the whole has not quite been the sum of the parts yet. right? You know, I think Harkless has played well. I think McZunder, he's only played a few minutes and not like too many minutes. Offensively, has really not contributed anything, but I think he's looked very sharp defensively. Um, Zoo has played really well. Trez has played very well offensively, defensively again, you know, hit or miss. Lou, I think, has mostly been really good. Kawhi has been fantastic. Harkless and Green have been fantastic. I just think that they just need to piece it all together. Um, Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really concerned at all. I think there are kinks there are things to work out, but they're five and two through a very difficult schedule to start the season. Yeah. They're healthy and uh, there are no reasons to not be encouraged so far.
0: Yeah, we might as well touch on the Spurs game a little bit. So I think Kawhi Leonard, was this was like his big imprint game where this is the kind of game that you don't win without a superstar. Your entire team is just in a slog, not too un- different than today. And Trez, of course, then also was the only real uh, offensive threat because Lou was off, uh, but Kawhi was great. Uh, that Spurs team, they lost to the Lakers today. That Spurs team is kind of underrated, I feel like. They They're have no, they have like nothing but good players. If they had one other, if they had Aaron Baines still, <laughs> they would be like upper echelon out west. But really, they just have nothing but quality guys. LaMarcus and DeRozan are all star caliber players. Their guard rotation is sick between uh, Murray and White and Forbes. They still have Rudy yep. Gay, Patty Mills, of course, is still there. Bellinelli, who I, I don't think is playing well, but I'm always afraid of because. He's, uh, he had that great game against the Clippers in San Antonio that they nearly won. I think it was game six, and, uh, and he was on fire and almost brought them back. Um, but Bellinelli still can shoot. They, only, they just don't have, any, they don't have any centers on that team. But aside from that, they are very good, and they, they lost to the Lakers today. But that was a hard game uh, against the Spurs. Uh, any thoughts about that game, Rob? Surprisingly, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was nowhere to be found. Yeah,
1: that was the most shocking thing about that game. Yeah. Um, actually, I only saw the first half of that game. And oh, I, boy.
0: you got to watch that game, Rob.
1: <laughs> I, I did see most of the second half kind of piecemeal. Sure. Um, but I only saw the first half live, and um, I don't have a ton. I mean, I think that was another classic Kawhi game yeah. where he really just took over, and the Spurs just don't have anybody who can guard him. Yeah. Um, White and Murray, in particular, fantastic defenders. And Murray yeah. is one of the best defenders Murray, in the NBA Murray right now. Murray
0: really good. That, that guy... Yeah, you, but you he's just really too good. small yeah. to guard Kawhi. Exists, of
1: course, yeah. And then DeRozan, not a good defender. Rudy Gay, good, but on bigger players. Um, and yeah, I mean, Kawhi kind of just cooked them. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of the story. And Montres feasts against teams like that where they're just not quick enough
0: right. to handle
1: him. He yeah. was everywhere. He was everywhere today, too, against the Jazz. He was. He so many offensive rebounds were just came out of nowhere to snag them over, like Rudy Gobert, which yep. is really difficult.
0: Yep, um, impressive.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Spurs were impressive. They really hung in there. But from from what I've seen, I mean, Kawhi just kind of dealt a knockout punch. And yep, And that's much. what having a superstar does for you. Though, Lou Williams did that last year against the Spurs. He He really – close them out hard himself. Yeah, And having two guys like that, of course, is great. When you add Paul George, you have three You can kind of close out an opponent single-handedly, which is pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Spurs was a good win, you know, coming off a back-to-back, coming back from Utah from a very tough loss and turning around and beating, you know, a very good Spurs team, even at home, I think was impressive the Clippers have had impressive wins this year even when they haven't played well and I think that's a sign of a really good team
0: yep and they really haven't played well these last couple of games that's so really impressive um the other Jazz game I don't know if it's really worth talking too much we didn't have Kawhi we're kind of looking we were kind of looking off most of the game but Lou made a nice run to kind of get us close and he was keeping us close in the first half Zubat looked good in that game too and then the third quarter happened and Mike Conley just Lewis, yeah. out
1: of the water. Yeah, I mean, games without Kawhi and PG this year could be really tough. I mean, you could yeah. say, well, the Clippers were able to win 48 last year, but they had Danilo Gallinari who was, you know, one of the 25 to 30 best players in the NBA and they had Shea Gilgis-Alexander who currently looks like an all-star in Gosh, OKC. so looks so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, he wasn't that good last year, so not to go, no. you know, but he was still good. And the Clippers don't have either of them, so it's not quite the same this year without PG and Kawhi. Um you know, they do have other players this year that they didn't have last year, but yeah, I mean in Utah without Paul George and Kawhi, it's like if they'd won that, that would have been incredible. And a loss is a loss. Mike Conley has not been very good this year though.
0: No, he has not. Just and that game just that game really. Yeah,
1: really that's it. And that's troubling for the Jazz because They don't really have a ton of depth. I mean, Ed Davis was out today, and Ed Davis is very good. Very good. But outside of Ingles, their bench is pretty lackluster. I mean, Moutier has already gotten benched, which you could see coming a mile away, but still – Uh, Jeff Green is not
0: good. Jeff Green. (laughs) And uh, Jeff Green hit a fadeaway in this game, but it made made me me so upset. It still makes me upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so bad. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, even with just Ed Davis out, they were looking thin. And I mean, I think they're a team that probably will make a move at some point. I'm not sure what that is. I mean, at some point, I think they're also going to get Dante Exon back. I just.
0: Oh, sure. But that guy, he's just getting injured all the time. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he'll just get injured again. I I still don't even know how good he is.
0: Um, Yeah. Feels like he has a good motor defensively, at the very least. He's
1: um, good defensively. I mean, maybe the Jazz overrate him defensively, but he's good. But yeah, I mean, he's always injured, and he's really bad offensively. It's it's a shame.
0: Yeah.
1: um, But yeah, I mean, that game in in Utah, I don't have too much to say about it. That That was really tough. And, and the, then Char- the, other the, game was- the
0: Charlotte game wasn't that much fun either, really. Sham was- at least broke out a bit in the first quarter. Yeah, that was fun. It was really nice to see that. Um, yeah. Really, really nice to see that. Charlotte is kind of fun to watch, shockingly. Um, Graham-, Graham is is a nice player. He even, he, though he even though he seems like almost very similar to Rozier in many ways, but uh, he was – I don't know how legit his jumper is. He's shooting the lights out, like from three-point range. I don't know if he still is. But he looked good. He was uh, they have some plucky players and and uh, yeah, they were plucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have too much to say about that game either. Um, you know, generally we don't talk too much about games that are almost a week ago. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, it would have been bad if the clippers had lost that. Just, yeah. that one' team has been kind of frisky early. But they're still really, really bad. Yeah, um,
0: those those plays, the plays when Biombo was bullying our uh, smaller, our second that unit. That was tough. That was tough to watch. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, Bismack Biombo, you know. Great guy. Um,
0: <laughs> that's never a good uh, opening statement for an NBA player. <laughs> huge props to him for really. Huge sec- props for that series against the Cavs. That was a great
1: for that very... series against the Cavs, like five years ago, and securing <laughs> the bag. <a> huge bag. <laughs>
0: um,
1: like honestly, that's fantastic. But uh, him like dominating a quarter against the Clippers in 2019 was uh was very weird
0: yeah that was, might be
1: the single weirdest thing that's happened this year uh,
0: that was, that was <laughs> the
1: clippers, anyway. um yeah. but uh yeah i mean i think the clippers overall have, have played pretty well you know they haven't been perfect but they were five and one in games in which Kawhi leonard has played against a really tough schedule uh, that tough schedule continues this week but yeah, they do oh have gosh. two days off um they really play the Bucks on Wednesday, and really they only have two games this week. It's just, it is a back to back, though, and it's a tough one, both at home, but Bucks and Trailblazers. Um, and uh, then, yeah, next week you get Raptors, Rockets, and then a bit of a reprieve with Pelicans and Hawks. But I mean, Bucks, Blazers, Raptors, Rockets is, is a gauntlet, even if three yeah. or four of those are at home. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, before we get into – uh, do you have anything else about players or games or anything?
0: Not particularly. Um, yeah, that Charlotte game just kind of happened and it was fun, but don't really have much to say about it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about um, those games next week? I mean, I think – This is
0: this is a tough schedule. Um, let me see. So –
1: it's really just two. It's a Bucs and Blazers at home back-to-back. Um,
0: yeah. I wonder
1: if Kawhi will rest one of those games and which one it will be.
0: I mean, I kind of hope not, just so he has two games off. We'll see. Like, that was a three games and four nights type of thing. Yeah. Type of thing so I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Um, as yeah, and I mean, the have Clippers have three
1: days off after that Trail Blazers game. Yeah. They'll so have I, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I really hope he plays both.
0: Yeah, me too. I hope so too. We'll see because they've been making a lot of. Kawhi has even mentioned that he's not going to get load managed this year, so we'll see if they if he just plays both. I mean, that's a that's tough. the The Bucks, you know, I'd like to say that we're going to go two and zero, but I probably. Let's say one and one, and I'm not even completely certain which one because the Blazers. I'm looking at their schedule right now. So the Blazers are playing at Golden State tomorrow, and then they're off until the game against us. So they're going to be very fresh for that game. Um, so that might be tough. It's tough. I, I think the Bucks game will be will not be easy either. No. So Giannis those, those, is the those are the best.
1: Yep, defender in the league on Kawhi, probably. Yep,
0: those Um, are those are two tough games. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the Clippers should win at least one of them. Yeah,
1: but uh, this is where, like, if they lose both, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, I don't think it would be great to be five and four, but I mean, I think either loss is understandable in a vacuum. Yeah. Uh, but I think they win at least one. I'd say they go one and one next
0: year. Yeah, I, I think one and one. I think if they win that Bucks game, then I'm just like with house money at that point. And the Blazers have not looked particularly impressive this year. So that's, that's a good thing. The Blazers are worse this year. I mean, they lost Harkless, they lost Amino. They don't have Nurkic for a yeah. good chunk of the season. Uh, I guess they have Bazemore now, and they have Hood all through the year, and they've both looked – Hood's legit, and Bazemore is, is a nice bench player. But those guys are – you know, guards are just tent- – they can tend to just go cold, and we have a lot of good swing defenders. So the Blazers, I feel like they don't necessarily match up great against us or anything like that. I just feel like they're going to be fresh, and we might be tired. It's going to be It's going to be tough. At least we don't travel, so –
1: um yeah i and i think one and one is is a a perfectly fine goal um do you have anything else before we get to twitter questions
0: no i think we can hit it yeah
1: okay great so i think the first two are kind of similar from first one's from john paul manahan how can you properly balance our bigs minutes second one from Niels Pineda on not a specific question but interested on your thoughts on the center rotation Zubats is playing great, and I think Trez's best use is Spark playing him from the middle of the second to close seems not ideal and pushes Zoo out. This is something that's come up a lot on Twitter yeah. and on Clips Nation, which is that Zoo probably needs more minutes, but if you give him more minutes, then you're taking away from Trez and or Jermichael Green,
0: yeah. and
1: both those guys have played really well too. I mean, ultimately I think in a vacuum, you know, Trez. And Green are better than Zubats, but I think it really depends on the night. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Zoo was playing really good today, but Trez was super effective getting those offensive rebounds. Jamichael was incredible, and there just wasn't really room to play him. So I think on nights when his size is really needed, like against maybe Joel Embiid or, or Nikola Jokic sometimes against Gobert even, you know, sure, playing big wins. But I think there are just going to be too many nights where it's impossible to take Trez and or Green off the court.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's more or less it. It's tough because I, I've been impressed with Zubat. I think he's played really well. I think he showed, like you mentioned, he's made a leap forward and uh, is very serviceable. But, I mean, it's Trez has been awesome this year and not just that he's also he's also so compatible with lou and and it makes our offense so much more dynamic having both of them on the floor and just has a great nose for the ball it's it's a good it's a good problem to have <laughs> yeah. ultimately like but i understand people wanting zuba to be out there more but there's just not a way to get him out there more right yeah. now yeah
1: yeah i think it's tough um there are games where I certainly wish he was playing more, but I just think on a game-to-game basis, it's it's pretty tough.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, next question from Advin Thrifty. Uh, are you worried about Pat Bev after a rough offensive start? A little bit. Um, yeah. Not a ton. He did start off really slow last year, too, but he's one year older. Um, he's already not very explosive scoring at the rim. He still is pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but he really just needs that three-point shot
0: to fall. Yeah, that's so. pretty much it. He's had some nice moves, some nice floaters. Yeah, uh, He still has all of his pet moves that he's good with, and he's got to the lane pretty effectively. It's just a matter of his shot, and I, I think that'll hopefully come with time. He's been a traditionally good three-point shooter for years. so
1: Yeah, I'm
0: not that worried. If anything,
1: I actually think his defense has kind of fallen off this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's been that effective defensively I think his presence and communication and energy yeah. is helpful um but I don't necessarily think he's been that useful one- on-one I mean that's never really been his strong suit anyway
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but I think he has fallen off offensively i'm I'm probably a little more worried about his defense and offense I think he'll bounce back offensively
0: yeah and and' it's and he, I think people overrate Pat Beverly's defense. I love Pat. I think he's. Yeah. I think he's the heart of this team. And you're right. You know, just his presence out there, I think, makes a huge difference for the, our team defense. But defensively, even last year, like he gets too physical, gets under people too much. He's always fouling. It really depends on just the sense of the game whether or not yeah. he'll get in foul problems or not. And he can be good for like when he plays a younger player. He's just crazy intimidating, and he'll probably lock them up. But if you have like a smart player out there, they they can often find their ways around Pat Beverly, and you know that's not to say that he's he's not bad by any any means, but he's uh he's good but not great. I don't think defensively individually.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, next question from um, at Andrew from five to seven. Who do you guys think should start at the four? Patrick Patterson, Green, Harkless. Should Kawhi start at the four after PG returns with him at the three and Shaman at the two? Thanks. I think the Clippers going small is interesting and I would like to see them do that, but I don't think it's super sustainable long term. Yeah. Uh with Kawhi, Shaman and PG. Uh I think we discuss this. I think Harkless should probably start. Um I think Green actually might be the best option, but I do think keeping him with Lou and off the bench makes sense.
0: I agree with that. Yep.
1: Okay. Next question from Whammy Giveaway. Uh, When Leonard came to the Clippers, he forced parity throughout the league, but by doing this, everyone is even. Making games like Jazz 1 and Norm, how close will the wins be between teams? Could league parity end up being an advantage or disadvantage for the Clips? Um, I mean, I think there are going to be a lot of good – close games this year because I think a lot of teams are really good. Uh, But I mean, I think parity for a contender is probably a good thing because it means there's no super team just lurking. Um, I mean, I think the Clippers are good enough that even if there was one, they wouldn't be that worried about them, but having no warriors type threat, that's big. You know, even if it means there are four other really good teams not having one incredible team is is very nice, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've it only. Really, uh, it's nice to not have a super team that that's deflating <laughs> to everybody else in the league. Yeah, that's a that's a nice thing. Um, parody in general is cool. Like, I'm happy that the league has parity this year. Um, I'm glad that Kawhi didn't go, you know, to the Lakers. It would have been over from the beginning, and that would have sucked. And if it's good for the Clippers that parity exists, you know. It depends. If we were the juggernaut, then, then maybe it wouldn't be good for the, uh, the Clippers. It would be nice to be the super team that's just destroying everybody. But, I mean, I think the league has already sh- uh, showed a bit so far that you know, there are multiple elite teams right now, and the Clippers are one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next question from Matt Lawler's Law. What's one thing the team needs most right now? Uh, they just need to hit the outside shots.
0: Yeah, everything would look better.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think defensively,
0: defensively they look like they're coming around, which is promising.
1: Yeah. Um, next question for my other podcast co-host, uh, Lewis Keen at this Lewis. Should they bring Paul George off the bench? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! You know what? It would be interesting if to start they worked him in off the bench. Oh,
0: <laughs> I feel yeah, like right. if
1: anybody would do that, Doc Rivers would do it. Right. Um, But uh, no, I think he's going to start and play. I don't know if he's going to play 30 minutes right away. He might be kind of weaned into it. Yeah. It won't surprise me if he got like, you know, 25 ish the first few games. Um, But I think he's going to start right away at shooting guard or small forward. I mean, I think he and Choir can be pretty interchangeable. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure there will be some you know, some some management in terms of him playing games. Like, I don't think he's going to be playing many back-to-backs. I don't think he's going to be playing a lot over, like, 35 minutes either. I think the Clippers are going to be very careful with both him and Kawhi. And I think it's going to take time for them to adjust to one another and for George to adjust to the team in general. So I wouldn't expect the Clippers to all of a sudden start, you know, sending off ten game win streaks as soon as PG comes back. But um the fact that they're adding him to a team that's already this good is is pretty scary for the rest of the NBA.
0: So how do we think these minutes are going to get staggered? It looks like it looks like Lou, Lou and Trez come in, Kawhi comes out, and then Kawhi yeah. comes back in the beginning of the second quarter and and run and either, you know, goes a distance in the fourth or gets pulled uh, occasionally in the second and that feels like the kind of trend and Lou and Trez will come in and they kind of run things and they get their minutes with Paul George. How does that, how do things change? Like, how do you think those who get staggered, especially, and especially like around Lou and Trez, like, how is that going to work? I'm not
1: sure. I mean, I think, I think Kawhi might still get pulled first. Okay. Um, because I think that's worked well so far. And I think he's probably a better pure shot creator than Paul George is. So I think it makes sense to stagger him more with Lou. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think – I don't I don't know if Kawhi and PG are going to get staggered as much as people think. I think Doc might do it a little bit. But I think he might honestly try to concentrate their minutes together just to kind of overwhelm teams. Hmm. Um, you know, they are at least somewhat duplicative. Uh yeah. But I, we really – it's impossible to say until we see it. But I actually don't think they're going to get staggered that much.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And anything else?
1: No, I, th- I think that's probably it for me. Um, Clippers had a good week. Uh, they went 3-1. and one And, uh, you know, I don't think Paul George will come back next week. But um, maybe – I think next week when we do this pod at, at around this time, I think – We'll probably have, at the very least, an update or a possible return date. So, I mean, I, I think it's not that far away, and that's really, really exciting.
0: Yeah, next week by the time we do this pod, it'll be the tenth game coming up. So, yep. we'll be uh, pretty close to that ten game mark. And I think that'll do it for this episode of, Law of the jam. The podcast, as always, leave us a nice review on whatever you list us to, and of course, go Clippers. <laughs>